Welcome, friends, to Happy to Fail Season 2, Episode 5. This is the podcast where each and every Monday, we take a look back at the past, the positives, the negatives, because every single thing that happened way back in the day leads us to who we are, what we are, where we are, and even the most negative things. We can learn about that, and we've talked about that in the past. On the flip side, we can also acknowledge that those little things, those special things that other people may deem insignificant, they brought us an immense amount of happiness and joy, but we become adults. We get all of these responsibilities and we stop doing those things that we don't even recognize it until we even just stop and think that, wow, when I did that, that reduced my anxiety. I wasn't focusing on my depression. I wasn't focusing on all the failures. Instead, I was focusing on what I was learning in all of those moments in our lives. My name's Juan Velas Court. I am from Puerto Rico, and I'm always proud to say that I've overcome and I live with a variety of different mental health challenges. Why? Because even just talking into this microphone for just a few minutes with all of you, not only do we reduce that stigma associated with mental health challenges, not only do we learn from our past, we also empower each other for a better future. And I got to start this episode thanking all of you that reached out on social media, letting us know that last week's episode about healing from trauma was very healing for a lot of people because we understand that when it comes to the conversation and the topic of trauma, it is just so uncomfortable because you don't know who to talk to this about. Even if you have a therapist, even if you have somebody that you know they're not going to judge you because you don't even know how you're going to react to when you actually say out loud these things that have affected you in the past. So when I thought about Anna, uh, Anna Conda becoming part of the podcast and having these uh, episodes where I have these sit-down solo sessions, but I also sit down with her so we can share the perspective, I knew that it was going to be an incredibly rich experience. And even after we recorded that episode, I had to thank her because it's a friendly reminder that we can think uh, that we've healed from trauma, that, oh, that, that happened in the past, and maybe, yeah, it doesn't affect you now as much as it did back then, but you can have a nightmare all of a sudden. You can have something that just triggers that in your head. It's just important enough to be aware of the fact that that can happen. And uh, leading to this episode here, this is going to be an, a very interesting experience, and I'm hoping that all of you join me here for this ride because... Those that follow me on social media, it's Juan Velascourt on Twitter. Many of you know that I love donuts. And believe me when I say this actually has a, a very deep meaning to this episode in the context of mental health. This may actually, depending how this goes, it may even be one of the more serious episodes of the podcast. But follow me along with this history and story of donuts. So during this time of the pandemic, we're staying from home. Usually, I eat pretty clean, but we began having these uh, cheat days or cheat meals, usually a Friday, a Saturday, and for me, I began having this uh, just a fun journey, like a random thing of, hey, I'm going to visit different bakeries across Puerto Rico once every week and try out some different donuts, and one donut led to two. Sometimes I'll have a dozen a day, but afterwards, believe me when I say, I work out hard because I got to make sure those clothes still fit. And that led to a lot of people just wondering, like, Juan, why of all the things we have flan, we have cake, we have uh, quesitos, all of that stuff here in Puerto Rico, why do you love donuts? So allow me, people, to take us to a journey in Wisconsin. 
and why uh, this is a very personal topic that I don't think I've really talked a lot about because it's very easy to sit down here and talk about psychiatric hospitalization. And that is actually going to be a future episode that Anna and I are going to be doing. And I cannot wait to share that with all of you. But it's easy to talk about that moment. But you sometimes forget everything else that happened around that. When my mother and I traveled to Wisconsin, it was because in Puerto Rico, there was not enough adequate treatment to uh, be able to treat my obsessive compulsive disorder. So they told us, hey, uh, Wisconsin has a bunch of different experts tied to that topic, so maybe it's worth giving it a shot. We were able to see some of my family in Chicago, Illinois. Then we headed over to a Waukesha, Wisconsin. In that process, my mother and I stayed at an extended stay hotel. I want to be very specific with all of this, just so all of you listening can almost be part of this journey with me, that even now I'm just having like a, some, a little bit of goosebumps thinking about all this. So think about the fact that it is a Puerto Rican child. I speak English, but it is not my main language. So I'm going to this brand new place. And at this moment, I still was not hospitalized. So my mother tried to just acclimate me to just moving to Wisconsin for a little while. We were there for about three to four months. And I was very anxious with this experience because I didn't see anybody else that looked like me. We began doing laundry in that extended stay. And I will never forget behind or next to the laundry machines, there was the vending machine, the snacks. And in that machine, you had a bunch of different, uh, you know, Doritos, Ruffles, all that stuff. But you also had like some almost freshly baked donuts for whatever reason that were put there. And I remember that I told my mom, hey, I'm, I'm curious about that. They were cake donuts, unfrosted. I remember that like it was yesterday. I can even remember unwrapping the package and smelling those donuts right now. And my mother gave me the coins. I took out those donuts. I ate them. And that anxiety went away. That also led to a couple of pounds being gained. But within the context of everything that was happening in my life, it was something that brought a smile to my face. So whenever I got very anxious, my mother began, began uh, buying me those donuts. But it wasn't every single day. Although one day, I will say, I found a little bit of extra change in the hotel room that we were staying at. And maybe there's a possibility that I did eat all the donuts that were delivered that time. Uh, but that's beside the point. So a little while after that, I was hospitalized. So I was not staying in the hotel with my mother. And once I was stable enough emotionally to be able to be reconnected with her, they told my mother, hey, spend some time with Juan there and just get along. Let's see how this is going. And then we'll determine the next process in regards to the hospitalization. But what they told us is make sure that whenever the anxiety comes in, Keep your mind occupied. Keep your brain occupied. So I started doing many different things around that point to be able to do that. I began walking with my mother around Wisconsin. We went to different areas. I'm a gamer at heart, so I visited uh, electronic boutiques, or I think it was Funko Land. But my biggest challenge wasn't really when I was outside because it's very easy to keep your mind occupied, right? When I went back to the hotel room, that's when I began having the intrusive thoughts again of, Oh, Juan, you're doing fine now, but when you get to Puerto Rico, you're going to be miserable again. You got to see your father. You got to go back to school. You're going to be bullied. And that's when the anxiety struck. And I remember I told mom, hey, remember a couple of months ago, those uh, donuts, are they still coming in here? And I got another one of those and the anxiety went away. 
Another thing I did, I love uh, just like laying down in water. So I began doing a bunch of different things inside the hotel room. So not only would I have the donut, I would also be cooking with my mother inside the, the hotel room because one of the benefits of the extended stay hotel is that they have a, an almost full-size kitchen, which is very uh, beneficial. Afterwards, I would actually go to the bathtub. It wasn't just like a standard shower. I would go to the bathtub, fill it up, put a little bit of soap in there. And I had this large bag of action figures that I brought with me all the way from Puerto Rico because I'm a big wrestling fan. I have action figures. I actually have with me a wrestling federation. So I had a, a little notebook with all of the different matches actually written down. Like these two action figures would have a storyline and they would be battling. There was an actual storyline of them moving with me to Wisconsin. And I even had these bathtub matches where the the action figures would be in the corner, right? In the in the edge of the tub, and the first action figure to fall down to the top to the uh, bathtub and, and hit the water will lose the match. And anybody that's played with action figures, like, let's not think about this right now within the context of being adults because we can listen to this and think that, hey, it's ridiculous. Keep in mind that I hadn't had friends for years at this point, people. Like, I thought that once I went back to Puerto Rico, I would be the most irrelevant human being ever. But there was something about sitting in that bathtub that once I had my wrestling federation, and I hope it was a great series of matches, right? After that, I would legitimately just uh, stay there, like sitting in the bathtub, breathing in, closing my eyes, and that actually really helped me because connecting with that water will be very beneficial. And I would actually bring that activity right there all the way to Puerto Rico. So once I got back home, that's one of the things that I started doing to the point that sometimes I would take a shower and it would be 30, 40 minutes because I was so afraid of the outside world that any place that I felt confined or, or almost sealed where somebody else would feel claustrophobic I actually felt that to be like a welcoming place because those that have not have a, di a diagnosed experience with mental health, right? To say like, hey, depression, anxiety, that you know you're actually seeking treatment. Unless you've gone through something like that, it's very difficult to understand just how hard it is to be that because the moment that you feel like you're labeled and people look at you differently, it's very easy to become socially isolated. And in times now where we have social distancing, physical distancing, staying at home, it's almost like sort of brought back a lot of these memories. Because I've mentioned, even going back to the first season, that even as an adult, I'm now 30 years old, I still have very difficult problems at night trying to keep my mind occupied, convincing myself that everything that I've obtained in my life, I've worked my ass off to obtain. But when you begin second-guessing yourself, when you're not having the best day and then you bring that in to the nighttime, eventually that's where you got to think, what was something that I was doing back then that helped me that maybe I can bring back now? And hey, what do you know it? We got to talk about donuts. And see, I told you, I told you it was going to tie up with everything that I was talking about now. But even in a general sense, the conversation about donuts as an example, right, because that's one of two things that I brought up in this episode with that and the whole like sitting down in a bathtub. But I could talk about hundreds of different things that I still do now. But these are two that I'm actually putting into practice consistently. So not only every weekend, I try to explore a different place, uh, but we even, even with the shower, as a matter of fact, 
in thinking about this podcast episode right here, I began developing sort of the agenda in my head while I was sitting down in the shower. Now, in this new home, we don't have a bathtub, so I'm kind of just like sitting there awkwardly. But something about just having the water hit you in the face, hit you in the back, you're not thinking about what you're going to be doing tomorrow. You're thinking about what you're feeling and thinking about right now in that present moment. And this is a healthy challenge that, you know, throughout the season, I brought up the concept of healthy challenges, which is I challenge you, find that one specific activity that just brings you an immediate sense of satisfaction, a reduction of anxiety, because it is so easy to get worked up and lose sight of the things that have really mattered to us, that have made a positive impact in our lives. And doing that now has been very beneficial because... Uh, there are certain things about my life that I can't really talk about now. I hope that if I work on a book someday or if I change eventually to another level professionally, that I can be a lot more open with everybody. Uh, I'm going to be open to the point that there are two episodes of this podcast that I recorded that will probably never make air because it's just very difficult to talk about some things, even regarding mental health and our frustrations with human beings right now, Right. Let's not forget that as we stay home, even the people that are out about on the streets, uh, just go look at social media, right? People are always trying to point out why I am right, as an example, and you're wrong, and we got to battle it out. And that's all affecting me a lot more than even my mental health challenges. But the, the difficult thing is people don't understand that, you know, when a pandemic is happening, that doesn't mean my anxiety takes a vacation. Now, that does mean that if people already get anxious enough about the ever-growing challenges happening on a daily basis, imagine that with depression, anxiety, intrusive thoughts that you don't want to have, but they're still there. And that's why I began to put into practice all of these things that made me reconnect to another chapter in time of my life with the mindset of just like trying to figure things out. I think I talked about this in the first season where I said, it's okay to not have every single thing figured out in life. There's a whole lot of people losing jobs right now, losing family members, losing blank, right? Losing so many things that it, it is just difficult to put that into just like a very uh, brief example here. The biggest fear is not knowing what is the next step, right? That can be the biggest fear for some people. For me, I've had to learn that instead of focusing on the next step, think about how everything that is happening right now in our lives, in my case, how is that affecting me positively and negatively? You know, how, what is that sense of satisfaction that I'm getting in things? And because I'm having this uh, very deep daily conversation with myself, not with anybody else, because this is all about, you know, the, the, the satisfaction, the thrill ride that is the life of Juan. And all of you have your respective lives. That's caused a lot of anxiety for me. So that's why I sit down in the shower and I get that water on my face. That's why I have those donuts and somebody can be like, hey, that's dumb. Like, eat something else. This is our life. This is what is happening to us. And I think the biggest thing, and going back to the first episode that I did with uh, Anna about invalidating our emotions, minimizing our emotions, and how, how much that affects us in our lives, I think we all could stand to take a bit of a break from connecting so much with everybody. Because think about that right now. We are stuck in our homes bringing all that pressure here 
we go to Facebook, we go to Twitter, we go to Instagram, we see somebody that that is writing something that I don't agree with, so we attack them. Now, in my case, I'm a pretty passive person about things like that, but that doesn't mean that I go on Twitter and I don't see that. And I see people that I love being attacked for things that they believe in. Some topics that should not be a topic of politics. It should be a topic of human rights. That enough sparks a lot of controversy. And this triggered a lot of things in my head as somebody that growing up, I had to advocate for mental health and my mother also had to do the same. And a lot of people honestly just didn't care. And we felt alone. I remember being 21 years old and being in a room with a lot of mental health professionals. And I'd be speaking out about the importance of allowing people to fail. The reason that I call this podcast Happy to Fail, and I mentioned this before, is because I truly mean this from the heart. If I don't make mistakes, if I don't have those challenges that everybody has, it doesn't have to do with mental health. It has to do with living because that is part of it, right? You can have an awesome supervisor. You can have a horrible supervisor. That's simply part of life. If we remove the potential of failure in the life of somebody, how would that person learn? I am so thankful that I did have people in my life that challenge me. Go do something, even if it goes wrong. And now I'm here online looking at all of this, and it's begun to affect me. And that's where I've just focused on, okay, Juan, it's Tuesday, it's Wednesday. It's a a very challenging time right now. But on Saturday, I'm just going to sit down in the shower. I'm going to have some donuts, not at the same time. Probably, I should have worded that differently, right? So it's usually the donuts during the morning or during the day. And then I like to uh, exercise at night, take that nice long shower, and then go right to sleep. And beginning those very healing uh, processes really has helped me reduce my anxiety. So take a look back at a, at a very specific moment of your lives. And I don't even want to say happiness because as a child, notice I didn't say I felt happy eating a donut, although happiness was part of the conversation. What I was really looking for was the reduction of anxiety. I no longer wanted to feel this anxiety that was causing my entire body to shake. I felt uncomfortable. Sometimes I felt nauseous, and I did that. And I really do believe that when you talk about food, food is something that's so important in our culture. It is part of who we are, right? Somebody that lives in Puerto Rico and then moves over to Japan, Canada, aside from a change of services and providers, it's also a change of food and culture. And that in itself can provoke a lot of ang- a lot of anxiety. So that's why in my case, as I just talk about this out loud, I think it actually explains why I love simple foods. Because if I have like a really elaborate slice of pizza, you know, there's like artisanal pizzas and there's more pepperoni and cheese pizzas, but the more elaborate things I get, the harder those are to obtain if I go elsewhere. But most of the things that I like are like what? A ham and cheese sandwich, a donut, and little things like that. Slice of cheesecake, you can get that in most different places. And I think it's that comfort food that heals the mind, the body, and the soul. Not going to lie, I'm, I'm a bit emotional because even though that part of my life with hospitalization and all of that, it had a lot of lingering fears, right? The fear of going back to Puerto Rico and other things that I've mentioned, there was that beauty in, in a point in my life where I did not know what was going to happen. It was going to be one Juan walking in, but I didn't know how I was going to walk out. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go back to school. But the fact that I was able to just focus on the things that brought me some level of satisfaction, uh, reduction in anxiety, that's sometimes all I needed 
to keep on going. So I think the, the final challenge for everybody is just to practice mindfulness. You know, sometimes it can be Sunday, but you're already thinking about Wednesday. But in doing that, we neglect all the things that we can do on a Sunday. But by practicing mindfulness, being aware of the current moment, our surroundings, our body, feel your neck, feel, feel your, your back, feel your soul, and ask yourself, if you're feeling empty, is it because you've stopped doing something? Is it because you're not doing something enough? Is it because you're doing something that's not right for you? At least in my case, I've been able to practice mindfulness by doing those activities that reconnect me with the past because it allows me to have a deeper conversation with myself afterwards of, okay, the anxiety went down. Why did the anxiety go up to begin with? Maybe it's a conversation that you had with somebody. Maybe it's because professionally you're not feeling, you're not feeling challenged enough or you're not getting that, that little tingly feeling when you did something then, but now it's just part of that routine. Maybe you, you need something new in your life. I think it's a lot of times now where we just get so overwhelmed, overworked, so practicing that mindfulness is very important. And I hope this random uh, storytelling session was of benefit to somebody else, and it sparks some kind of conversation with yourself after the episode, because as I mentioned, I am going to have these conversations with Anna in a variety of different episodes, some available right now. Some of them are going to be very, very deep, even conversations and topics about uh, suicide, the whole concept of psychiatric hospitalization, and what is that process. So with that episode that Anna and I are going to be doing you can actually have this one be sort of part one, right, where I'm talking about the before and after, but what about the during? Let's get really deep into that whole process. Next week's episode, I know, is really going to help a lot of people get prepared because what if you recognize that you may possibly have a mental health challenge? You may possibly have gone through a traumatizing experience in your life, but it's time to sit down. Maybe it's time to go see a therapist, but you don't know what that is like. How do you connect with that therapist? Because in many ways, it is a relationship. It's not a traditional relationship, right? Like a couple, but it is a therapeutic relationship. So Anna and I next week are going to be talking about connecting and building rapport with my therapist. I'm going to be sharing multiple examples and experiences that really help me not only connect because that, are, that involves me opening up, but also what did that therapist do that made me feel welcome. And then Anna, as a therapist, she's going to be providing her perspective of things that maybe have worked and have not worked for therapists. Well, the whole purpose of all of us feeling a little bit more comfortable. So hopefully after that episode, if you've been so afraid to actually go and get that help, you can make that phone call. You can reach out. And speaking of reaching out, if you enjoy this podcast, if it's of benefit in any way, shape, or form, don't forget to drop that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Facebook, any app of your choosing. Don't forget that we don't care about where you listen to this podcast. What we care about is beginning the conversation. So if you'd like to share this with any of your loved ones, family members, friends, every single episode is available directly on Facebook in its completion. So that way you can easily share it. Don't forget, you can also reach out happy to fail on Twitter, Facebook, and email me at Juan at happy So until next Monday, thank you so much for hitting that play button, taking care of yourself, and I will talk to you next Monday. Take care, everybody.